irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to L.A. Talk Radio. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu, right here on L.A. Talk Radio. Midnight Storm, a brilliantly fast grade one winner by Pioneer of the Nile. Mike Smith just points him in the right direction. Midnight Storm dominating. Millionaire and seven-time graded stakes winner on dirt and turf. Midnight Storm over accelerators, finding the line well, but not well enough. And Midnight Storm has taken it by two lengths. From America's hottest sire line. Midnight Storm, he wins it this year. Midnight Storm. Standing at TaylorMade Farm. That's right. Travis, 859-396-3508 to book your mare to Midnight Storm at 125 mares year one. We hope to get close to that what at least. Stand stands for 12.5, something like that. 15, okay. maybe? Good price. That's a good price. Mm-hmm. I'm Billy Koch. I'm the founder and managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club, and you are listening to the Horse Ownership Experience. Alongside of me, as always, is Michelle Yu. We both had kind of crazy days today. My my dog is in the vet. Michelle has had trouble with her trailer, no power. We had no water at Del Mar mm-hmm. for 24 hours. Michelle, what was that all about? I have no idea. I think a, a pipe burst or something like that. So, like, part of the city of Del Mar w- was waterless. We had no running water on the backside um, from any— I And let me, let me just throw something in. Uh, but horses need water to drink. Not, not only to drink. When you're cooling them out, they've got Take to have a bath. bath. We got right. to, I mean, and, and, you know, we'll still see them watering the track, but they use recycled water for that, which obviously is not potable. All of our ice machines run off the water. So, and and, and the bathrooms, you know, the bathrooms. all the brooms, everything that live here use the bathrooms. So, Mac um, McBride and his team at Del Mar apparently did a great job. They did a job. great job. Uh, considering the situation that it was, it could have been really, really bad. Right. They brought in water trucks. They brought brand new, like, huge trash cans to every barn and filled them up so people could dump buckets of water and, like, bucket brigade your barn to make sure. And, you know, we, we only have a dozen horses, but we were trying to, like, fill up as many as possible in mm. case, you know, right. if it gets hot at night. And uh, the guy was like, look, just understand, we will work all night long. No one will be without water. So we're going to keep on doing this cycle. So we felt really comfortable. Our horses never went without water. It was great. They brought in porta potties for the backside super fast. Wow. Um, so like or every bathroom like was, day. they put a porta potty at. Heroes. So you couldn't shower. Right. And like out here, like we are in the well, campers, and, and they had a guard. You didn't brush your teeth, obviously, today either. I you? brushed my teeth this morning with bottled water. <laughs> hey, listen. Great job by Delmar. Unfortunate situation, but we got it handled. Uh, Mac McBride was just in here. He called it the miracle. The, wa- the, the miracle of the fishes. I wasn't really sure what he was talking about, but we have a great show. We have Andrew Rosen coming up. Andrew Rosen has an amazing story. First of all, he's the he owns Theory, which is one of the greatest clothing lines in the in the country, and I wear it a lot. If you ever see me wearing nice clothes, and it's not a lot, but I'm usually in theory. Andrew Rosen sent me a theory dress one time when I, because I used to love his horse Dayskins theory. Right. And he did send me something to wear Breeders' Cup when she ran that the Breeders' really Cup. Sweet. It was. That was the only thing I've ever had theory because I can't afford it. Yeah, well. And now either. and now my boobs are too big. Yeah, They're well, not meant for busty boobs. Here women. we go. <laughs> here, it only took three minutes to bring up Michelle's uh, things. Okay. Uh, four. It's 12 minutes. Four, okay. Really. Andrew's going to call in at 12.10. So we have about six minutes to get through a, a, a massive weekend of runners 
uh, including a, an amazing performance by Accelerate in the Pacific Classic. Yeah, show. that was a really dominating performance from him. Uh, he looked really good doing it. He set the track record for uh, the win margin because it before I think it was Beholder, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. But his was over 12 lengths. So when they turned for home, it was like, well, see you later. That was that was just an amazing performance, and kudos to Costa Ronas and John Sadler have done a really really great job with this horse and. He has to be considered one of the favorites for the Breeders' Cup Classic right and now. He's already over in justifying the NTRA, you know, top horse polls. Well, justifying is retired. Yeah. I hate when they do that. Like, he's retired. He shouldn't even be in the polls. He should just be a. Well, no, because it's your body award. of work for the year. So right. That's what it is. Okay. Um, right. And I have just, like, I, I could not wait to text Costa and tell him how pleased I was for him. He's the horse I always try and beat, right? Because his price is always garbage. Yeah. Like, you just want to try and beat him because he looks very vulnerable all the time. But he was And then you have to feel great when he wins that way for Costa. <laughs> Breeders' Cup Classic is shaping up to be a really good race. And we're going to get another, we're going to get all the three-year-olds this weekend. And I know Michelle's going to talk about the Travers. Mm -hmm. There are some other really, not, really, really good performances over the weekend. Michelle, let's go through them real quick. Uh, well, we'll talk about fashion <laughs> business, obviously, when Andrew comes on. But, Billy, it was I, last week I asked you, why did you opt for this race? And you're like, I think we can win, and it's a win in your end. And, hello, all the cards fell right where you wanted them to. You know, to. I love it when a plan comes together. Uh -huh. Wasn't that Hannibal on the, the A-team, I think, said that? And and we've been prepping for this race all year. The second he came back, when he won his, uh, the allowance race, mm -hmm. we said, we need to win the Del Mar Handicap. It's a win in your end. It's at Del Mar. We have it all set up. Here's what we can do. And he ran good. In the, how key was the Manhattan? Yes. Robert Bruce, who Fashion Business beat, yep. came back to win the Arlington Million. Million. Fashion Business runs second. an incredible mm -hmm. race in this in the Del Mar Handicap. I, Flavian Pratt, let's give credit where credit is due. Yeah, he gave him like an early move where it, it could have been, been the wrong move. That's a three-ace pull. <laughs> I mean, he just took off. Uh, it was a great call by Trevor Denman. He caught him napping. I've never heard that one before. And, you know, I I wish I, I've always wanted one of those great calls from Trevor. Yeah. And we kind of got a funny one there. Like we did. I wanted that. They would need to sprout way. And I, I didn't get that. No, so you can, you're not going to use that. They caught him napping in your stallion. room. No, they caught him napping. No, I think that'd be good. They caught him napping. There's no Stein. He's a gilded. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Paying attention. He's a gilded. Sorry. Anyway, so uh, congratulations <laughs> to all the Little Red so Feather partners. Like jump there you go. He's so too small. Baby. I know he is. Pull a pony. Yeah, I did get 104 buyer. That's good. Very good. Super good. Yeah. Um, also was the grade one Delmar Oaks, which went to Fatal Bed Bede. Okay. Yeah, very impressive winner for uh, Leonard Powell coming back from New York. Our, my, I was just, I felt a little gutted for Ollie's candy because in that I last saw, race, like, God. you know, she came up flying and, and couldn't get there. And this time she, the she looked home free and then I boom at the she wire. Was home free. And we, you feel so bad. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was rough. But uh, congratulations to the connections of Patel Beret, who will, uh, nice three year old. Continue Philly. to target grade one things. Yeah, why not? Uh, Catapult also. Rough what? weekend for Sadler and Hronis. Yeah, right. I mean, Catapult was super impressive, winning his second straight graded stake race, the Delmar Mile on Sunday, uh, defeating his rival, uh, Sark Sharp Samurai, who was DQ'd into second. Did you like that call? I actually didn't really pay that close attention. I only watched the stretch drive, okay. and I didn't like rewatch. I, I it thought it was a good call. I thought yeah. it was a good call. Yeah, I thought the uh, the Pete Miller horse, uh, Flat Mars, really impeded. <clears throat> excuse me, Stevens on. Uh, Sharp Samurai, and I thought they made the right call. Okay. So we have uh, one more big piece of news. I mean, well, well Eskimo we Roses, Eskimo <coughs> Kisses, also amazing. The, um, the Alabama. Alabama, yeah, which in an on upset. paper, she looked like a plot. Well, she's just like one pace, right? She looked like a plotter a little bit, 
and you get into that race and all of a sudden you have a really awesome uh, pace scenario for her when Todd moved to me, you know, I thought she looked like she was doing easy and you look at the time and you're like, holy crap, she's, but at the same time, it's like, it's like, what do you do though? You you have the, you're going to fight the Philly back and Mm -hmm. cause her to be uncomfortable. No, you just got to let her run on and be comfortable. So I think that Julian's probably taking some heat for it, but overall it's probably the right move. Well, you know. But you know what? There's another jockey who just absolutely destroyed the day on Sunday. He stole the show. Drayden Van Dyke with seven winners well, it on was, a card. Well, let's let's back up real quick because yeah. it was like Joel Rosario came out here and was like, Joel, Joel, yeah. Joel, like I, cash, cash, like, cash, he won right? Like seven out of nine races or something. Right. So it was like crazy. And then you never think that like, oh, the next day one of our guys is going to jump up. So Drayden went seven for eight with one second. So that is a pretty awesome. And he tied the record for uh, Victor Espinosa's. Want to hear a crazy story? Tell me. I was leaving the track on Sunday morning, uh-huh. ran into DVD, standing by his car, pulled down my window. I said, hey, man, you live today? And he goes, man, I, I love all my horses today. And I was like, seriously? He goes, yeah, I'm live all day. Didn't even think about it. Didn't remember until later in the day. I was with Travis, who's probably listening. Mm-hmm. And, and he says to me, do you remember DVD <laughs> conversation? I was like, that's incredible. Because if you talk to these jockeys, they know kind of who they're on. But they'll yeah. never say, hey, I'm live all day long. You know, and he did. And he proved himself right. Well, you know, what's funny is like I, when you <clears throat> handicap and like uh, when I handicap races, if I happen to notice that like I picked the same jockey or trainer in like four or five races, I'm like, ooh. I better yeah. go back and re-handicap right. because all of those can't win, you know? So, like, even in my late pick four, which went really expensive, I was like, ooh, I'm not yes. sure if I really want to have, you know, the same kind of connections in all these races. Right. But then you just couldn't chuck anybody out. It was incredible. Michelle was, hit it for over $1,000, her late pick four that she does on track. So, she's as, very proud of herself. Not a, I am proud of myself only because I went really extremely large on my ticket, which I never do. I went $96. Whoa, That's $96 double what I normally Well, I do. think Andrew Rosen is going to call in right now. Ronan, can we get Andrew Rosen on the phone? Andrew Rosen, who uh, bred fashion business. We're going to talk to him about that. We're going to talk to him about his history. Uh, did you know Andrew's family won the very first nope. Breeders' Cup? Nope. Chief's crown. Really? Yes. And know. he still wears the same silks oh. that his family had, those pink and, pink? Pink yeah, and green pink and silks. Green. Yeah. You'd think for a stylish guy like Andrew, maybe he'd gone black. Oh. There he is, Andrew Rosen. Welcome to the Horse Ownership Experience. You're on live with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Billy Koch. How are you? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. We were just bragging about you. We, I, is it that Chief's Crown was your family's horse, the very first Breeders' Cup winner? Is that true? That's true. And were you there that day at Hollywood Park? What did you say? I said, were you there that day at Hollywood Park in 1984? I was. I was. It was quite an experience. How, forgive me, and you don't have to give away your age, like, how, that must have been, I mean, you, I don't, let me think. You okay. Were, you were young. I mean, you had, you had 25, to be like 50, 25, 20, years, 25 years old. <clears throat> That's amazing. What was, just tell us a little bit about that experience. I mean, the very first Breeders' Cup race ever. You know, I mean, back then, uh, the Breeders' Cup, it was the first race, so it didn't have all the history and um, all of the hoopla that it does now, but you know, it was a pretty big idea um, that was that was formulated. And actually, um, we knew that it, we had to be the champion two-year-old. We had to win the Breeders' Cup, and um, we sent the horse um, out to California to run in a uh, a prep race so that um, he had acclimated to California. And we sent him out to run in the Norfolk at Santa Anita. 
and then left them out there um, to run in the in the Breeders' Cup, and uh, he won both of those races um, fairly easily. But it was it, it was you know it was an amazing accomplishment for the horse. It was exciting to be there, and um, he ended up being champion two year old. But um, you know, I, I think as I go to the Breeders' Cup today, obviously um, there is a lot more publicity and a, a lot more stuff around it than there was back then, you know. I mean, maybe we had 25,000 people or 30,000 people at the racetrack. I don't know how many were there, but it certainly wasn't what it is today. Is it crazy to think back and, and just be like, our horse won the first Breeders' <laughs> Cup? You know, I suppose if you thought about it that way, but I, I didn't, you know, I, I, I sort of I sort of got spoiled with Chief's Crown because uh, the horse won eight grade one races um, in two years. And um, he was an amazing horse. And um, I, I, I think that I, I was lucky to be part of that. But I, I was disappointed because he was third, second, and third in the Kentucky Derby Freakness in Belmont. So, right. um, you know, I think in a way, um, you know, I, I, I thought we were, we were going to have more, but don't get me wrong. I certainly had an amazing two years and um, made an incredible amount of friends and met a lot of people that uh, I, I still associate with and friendly with today and uh, all because of Chiefs Crown. And um, it, it was great that Chiefs Crown came back and won the Travers and then beat older horses in the Marlboro Cup. And uh, he ultimately had his day. And... Um, um, you know, it was, there's, there's nothing like owning a horse like that. And I guess I've been waiting 30 some years to get another one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know you will, but let's, let's Andrew, when you were 25 years old and you're watching Chiefs Crown win, I mean, did you think at that time you were going to have the successful career in the industry as a, as a breeder and an owner and, and all your European success? I mean, was that, was that the plan or did that just uh, happen to fall in place? You know, when you're 25 years old, you, you, you don't really know what's going to happen next. But, um, you, you know, I, I think that, that what happened was um, I had got exposed to the industry um, in, in an incredible way um, through that incredible horse and just fell in love with it. And, you know, for the last 35 years, been, um, you know, working hard and, and, uh, spending lots of time and money um, to try and build um, as good a group of horses as I can. As I can. And, um, you know, it's a whole part of my life and lifestyle um, being involved in, in horse racing. And I, I don't think I ever, ever thought, um, thought about what would happen. But as time went on, I kept setting different sort of, uh, objectives for myself and horse racing. And, um, you know, I, I got lucky to, to meet, uh, Brian Meehan and, um, buy a horse from him and, um, bring him from, from Europe to America. And the horse won a grade one in its first start, um, a horse called buy the sport that I bought with a couple of my friends. And then I came up with this idea that I should be buying horses from Europe to, bring them back to America. And, um, you know, so that sort of started my whole 
fascination with European horse racing. And um, about uh, 40% of my horses are over there in Europe and 60% in America. And I love the ability to be exposed, exposed to both types of racing. Andrew, you mentioned that uh, your your objective in racing has changed from you know the time you were 25 to now. Can you kind of tell us some of the different objectives you've had along the way? Well, I, I, I think one thing that that always was true when I was managing the horses from my my family or when I started having horses myself is I wanted to build a a, a group of brood mares and breed horses. And, um, you know, that's always been something that I've been most fascinated with. And maybe I picked that up from my dad who, who, um, who, who ended up buying a horse at Keeneland, um, in 1972. And, um, she was the champion in 1974 or five, uh, I guess 75 and won the Philly triple crown. And, um, that's how he got involved in breeding and, I sort of followed in his footsteps, but I really love breeding horses. And that's always been my main objective is to breed horses, some of which I can race and some of which other people can race like Billy Koch and his syndicate. Um, <laughs> but doesn't it feel so good with fashion sometimes, I said, sometimes I got lucky enough to breed a good horse and, um, occasionally I'm stupid enough to sell the horse to someone else so they can have, so, so they can have a lot of fun doing it. But no, I was, I was, I mean, I was glad that, that, uh, little red feather stable won the, won, won the race the other day with, um, with fashion business. And I'm happy that I was able to breed the horse and sell the horse to such a nice guy and a good operation to turn the horse from a, a you know, just a, maybe an ordinary horse into a grade two and, and hopefully Breeders' Cup winner. Yeah, you know, and, and we have to thank you, Andrew. I mean, you, you these things happen, and people always ask, why does a, why does a guy sell a horse? or why? And, and people in this business, we're all sellers. We, it depends on the price. It depends on your situation. And what I said on television was he was a gelding. And I think it's a fair assessment. Your program is primarily based on um, – Phillies who have some residual value, who have these this broodmare potential. Would you say that there's anything incorrect about that statement? No, no, no. I, I definitely, I definitely like, as I said, the breeding end of the business. And so, I, I, I buy and um, race Phillies uh, only occasionally. I actually want to keep a piece of the horse, but Billy Koch told me I could only keep ten percent, and I said <laughs> if I'm only keeping ten percent. I don't want it. I want to keep twenty five percent. But Billy Cox wouldn't let me Billy Billy Cox wouldn't let me keep twenty five percent. Otherwise wow. I would have owned twenty five percent of the horse. But um, you know, sometimes with the Colts what I like to do is is um is is is, is sell sell uh three quarters of them and keep a quarter just to have some fun. Um but generally um I, I like to buy and generally I only race Phillies and as I say, occasionally, occasionally I would race a colt. This colt I raced because, um, you know, I was sort of had Frankel fever, like mm-hmm. everyone else, and I bred the mare to Frankel, and I sort of felt like there was, you know, maybe something special with this horse. And um, even though um, maybe it's a two-year-old and a three-year-old, he didn't show it. I, I think there probably is something special with him. But I'm happy 
Um, anyway, because I, I, I have a Dabawi uh, half sister to him, and um, the, the better he does, um, it's good for, good for the family. So there's, um, isn't there an Uncle Mo you know, half for yeah. sale too. Yeah, there's an Uncle Mo half uh, in uh, Keeneland. Keeneland. Is that yours? Yeah. Well, I was so smart. Not only did I sell a fashion business, but I sold the mayor too. Um, <laughs> Billy and I are thinking about buying that one. If we do, you can have a 25% of my let, share. Let's partner up. Let's partner uh, up. I, I think there's a long list of, of people that are going to buy that chili or want to <laughs> buy that chili. Um, hey, let's I, may be one, I may be one of them. There you um, go. But, but um, um, you know, I, I think that, I think that uh, that's the great thing about horse racing, right? Um, you know, sometimes... Sometimes you get it right and sometimes you don't, but you're just as happy um, that, uh, that for the people that end it. I'm, I'm as happy for Billy Koch if I had owned the horse myself, to be honest with you. I, appreciate I have that. a question because you're so into the breeding side of it. Why did you end up gelding him when you, you know, he's obviously well-bred. And if you're not as keen on the racing side with a gelding, why the, why the cut? You know, the, the, the horse was, the horse was, um, he, he needed to be gelded. Mm. Um, it was just going to be better for him, um, both physically and mentally. And um, that was a decision we made. And um, the other way, we didn't think he was going to amount to much. Um, and I, I, I think that, that um, um, you know, it's just some of the decisions you have to make. And I think part of that is why the horse is, is where he is today, you know? Absolutely. Andrew, you and mentioned this way, Billy Todd can run him for the next forever. five years. No problem. Yeah. Andrew, you mentioned you mentioned he could be he could be sea biscuit. There you go. Better uh, talk now. Better talk now. There you go. <laughs> hey, you mentioned. I, I know you. We don't have a lot of time. You, you mentioned partnerships, and you mentioned staying in, and you mentioned our syndicate, and you mentioned hey, twenty five percent. Times have really changed from the time, you know, the Chiefs crown days to now, where now these these bigger owners are teaming up. What do you make of the this current trend in horse racing? Um, you know, I I'm a little bit old fashioned and I guess um in some ways I like to own um the horses myself, but to be honest with you, to compete today, um you know, the the game has got so competitive, the prices are are, are, are so high, the risk is so enormous um, that I, from time to time, partner up with a friend of mine or, or, or whatever to, to help spread the risk a little bit. And to be honest with you, it actually is great because um, you have someone to enjoy all the ups and downs of horse racing. And when you get it right, like I own the piece of this horse, Eskimo Kisses, um, oh, yeah. wow. with, my friend, with my friend Anthony Beck and a couple other guys and you know when you get it right it's really exciting to be able to share that with your friends and so on so you know i do i do it both ways i mean most horses i own i own myself but um and and i bought a i bought a tap at philly at the sale at saratoga for a lot of money and frankly the horse was uh, going to bring so much money anthony and i said it's better that we do this together and own it 50 50 rather than go out of the loan so um, and I, I generally will buy with Anthony Beck, um, you know, one one or two fillies every year, mostly tap at fillies um, that we can race together. So 
um, it's a lot of fun to do it that way. And uh, I've enjoyed it. And uh, I'm going to do a little bit, you know, of that. And I'm going to do a little bit on my own, you know. Andrew, listen, uh, you promised me 15 minutes. We're at 15 minutes. You've been you've been fantastic. I, one question we always ask, and, and you're a marketer. Uh, you have theory, obviously, which Michelle and I both love. And Michelle told the story earlier on the show of you sending her a theory dress. It is her one, her, her favorite dress. Um, but what, what can we do in this game to to market and to attract new owners and new people? What, what, what can you give some advice to our to our audience? Um, you know, I think that I think we have an incredible sport. I mean, the, the sport is incredible and the experience um, on, on the big days and watching these horses run is, is amazing. Um, you know, I, I think I think that one of the things we have to do is um, get um, horse racing united around the country. I think the biggest problem is everyone, every state and every racetrack is sort of running their own show. And I think the most important thing is, um, you know, if, 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 if racing nationally could get more united and really look at, at, at promoting the sport as, um, as, as the incredible entity that it is and um, not everyone out for themselves. Um, and, and I think rather than every racing jurisdiction competing against each other it should be working together to um you know create the best experience for the fans the the the, the betters and and uh and 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 the horsemen and um you know really be able to showcase what a amazing sport it is i think that's great no that's that, like that. I, we, we agree with you Andrew, before we let you go, we always ask uh, if you can give one piece of advice to our listeners out there about horse ownership, the one thing you can impart on someone that might be willing to jump into the game right now. Um, you know, I can't, I can't think of what my life would be like without owning horses. And, um, you know, I, I enjoy it for lots of different reasons. And, um, um, you know, I guess my advice is to find um, people that you trust um, to get involved with and get involved with people that you trust and people that have an integrity in terms of um, the program that they have set up and how they do business. And you're going to have a lot of fun doing it. And I think I've been lucky because I have surrounded myself with um, people that not only know what they're doing that help advise me, but also have a tremendous integrity. And um, there's there, there's lots of those guys in the industry. The, the industry, um, you know, has got some amazing people. And I think if you can can uh, can get associated with the right one, because it's a, a tricky it's a tricky business. And um, I think you got to you know, there's a lot you you need to learn. And I mean, I've been in it most of my life and I'm learning every day um, about the industry. So um, I think you, you need somebody good you can, can learn from and uh, enjoy um, having a, the, the right kind of experience in the industry. That's great advice. Andrew Rosen, you're a gem. Congratulations, fashion business. Congratulations on Eskimo Kisses. I can't wait to see you at the sale at Keeneland in a couple of weeks and then at the Breeders' Cup in November. Thank you for everything you do for the game. We appreciate it. Thanks for spending the time with us today. 
thanks, Billy. Look forward to it. And, and, and thanks a lot for giving me the opportunity to spend a few minutes with you guys. You Thank got, you, Andrew. You're the best. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Be good. Andrew Rosen. Bye-bye. Bye. Yes. Here on the horse ownership experience. That was cool. That was I when I when I, I got asked, the chills right now. When I asked you if you would uh, ask Andrew, I was kind of like half joking. Oh really? The, well, no. I mean, I would love it all, but I know if you right. spend the time to no, do it with us. Great. So and you know good. what? Good piece of advice. And you know what? We've said this so many times on the show about learning. Mm-hmm. And you're constantly, constantly learning mm-hmm. in this game. And you can't, there is not one person, I don't think if you asked, I, I'm just thinking of knowledge, but like a, like a D. Wayne Lucas, mm-hmm. like I guarantee he'd say the same thing. He doesn't know everything that, right. that goes on out there. He doesn't know everything that happens. Is he, you know, uh, or, you know, people say, oh, Bob Baffert. Like I, I guarantee if you really saw, thought Bob sat Bob down, he'd say, I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. You know, I asked Bob, when he was going to run uh, Durlu, all these good fillies. I think Mother Mother worked today, and he has Chasing Yesterday, he has Durlu, all right here in the Del Mar backyard. And I asked, where are you running? He goes, I don't know yet. And I don't think he does. Like, he just, I think there's, I think this game. Bob always says, whatever, I nominate everything, right. and whatever's doing the best, that's what That's runs. where we go, right. So, uh, Andrew Rosen, amazing. If you guys have he's going to make some maternity wear for Breeders' Cup. Why don't you ask him? <laughs> We're going to send him a text. Andrew Rosen. Maternity wear for Michelle. And Michelle, I know that you have had a crazy day. Let's do a quick, let's have a quick update of what's happening this week because we have some amazing action this week. I think the two races that are big coming up this weekend are the Travers and the Pat O'Brien is going to be insane. Awesome. You got Roy Ransom the Moon moon, and uh, and Catalina Cruiser. I mean, and I think there's like two or three others in there that are actually really good, but the, the race, the, um, the, detour of Catalina Cruiser to all of a sudden cut back yeah. to Pat O'Brien. Who goes favored? I have no idea. I mean, Catalina Cruiser is bringing so much like hype, maybe right. him. But I think he goes favored. Ransom the Moon deserves to be Absolutely. the favorite. The only thing about Ransom is he sometimes he doesn't string his best races together, right? right? He ran right. two good races here at Del Mar and then kind of went down. Now, mm-hmm. now we ran a really good race at Del Mar. What's he going to come back with? And believe me, we're big Ransom the Moon fans. Handsome Ransom is one of our favorites. <laughs> uh, and and Roy H almost to me has a little something to prove. Right, like right. he's kind of the I have to prove. And then you have Catalina Cruiser with all the hype. So for Coast, so you, look at you, you have Costa, Rockingham, and Mark Martinez. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a great race. Uh, you know the 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 diversion of this horse from like classic to thinking breeders mile and everyone's like oh well then they're going to prep in a seven for a long race yeah because it's one turn and churchill downs right. is a one turn mile right. let's remember that because i've been seeing on social media people Smart. like this is stupid why is this a win and you're in it's a one turn mile it's a that's what we have okay so it's a is this a win and you're in for this is a mile? win and you're in for the dirt mile wow okay well there you go win and you're in is really cool and when you win that it's even cooler. um <laughs> i wouldn't know travers travers, travers. This is michelle's like favorite week of the year okay. travers week I have two horses. Wait, wait, wait. Before two we start, horses. stop, stop. Before we start, is it going to pour rain? I have no idea. It's going to pour rain. It's it got might. to. It's it Saratoga. Might. It's going to pour rain. It's going to be 95% humidity. It's going to be miserable. I do my, like, daily picks for Saratoga, and it, literally I had this big disclaimer at the top that says, picks not altered for weather <laughs> scratches or changes. Because True, I'm like, never know. I'm not, like, right, I'm so not going to wake up All right, so who is in the Travers? Good Magic. Good Magic. Wonder Godot. Wonder Godot. Uh... Catholic boy. Catholic boy. Grog Hosgate. Grog Hosgate. 
Who's your favorite that's, person? That's who I'm picking. That's amazing. It's going to be Catholic Boy and Gronkowski down to the wire together. Wow. Good magic's going to fall. When was the last time two of your swim. When was the last time two of your favorite horses ran the same Ooh. race? Because you have been talking about those two horses for like eight, <laughs> a, for year, over a year. I know. Um, I couldn't tell you. All right, so you get those two, and I get the Philly and Good Magic. Yeah, done. All right, done. Okay, we'll have to have one of our champagne bets. Okay, well. We'll have to put on hold, but yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, forgot. So let, we can bet a, we can bet some silver bells. Right. What else can people uh, do here at Delmar this weekend? Uh, day break, day break at Delmar, obviously going with on you. this weekend with me. So 7:30 to 9:30 on the weekend mornings. Also Sunday, I'm going to be on the uh, or handicapper seminar. With oh, you Frank are. Tony, yeah. Oh, that's great. So I'll be the uh, guest this week. That's awesome. And don't be afraid if you go to that and go up to Michelle Heckle and say, me. "Hey, I listened <laughs> to the duck. I listened to the show." And and listen. This show. I did have actually a lady come up and tell me how much she loved our show That's today, awesome. this week at, at Daybreak. We appreciate it. Keep yes, up the good do. work. Um, at Own a Horse is our Twitter handle. You can email me, Billy, at littleredfeather.com. At the Michelle Yu is her own personal Twitter handle. I'm at, B, at BK LRF. LRF. I always forget. Um, thank you to TaylorMade and Delmar and Santa Anita for always uh, sponsoring us and taking such good care of us. And special thanks to Andrew Rosen. He's a... Uh, He's as I mean, he won the first Breeders' Cup race that's, that's so cool. ever been run. The very first one because they ran that first. Yeah. You, who was second? Was it like Stormcat or no? Something? Who was it? Uh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. No, I know this. I'm gonna give it oh, to you. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Lucas. Yes, I know. That's, I was thinking, Klein, that's why I was thinking of Tank's Prospect. He was second. And was guess that? who? The third ho- horse won the Kentucky Derby and beat Chief's Crown. Who was it? I don't know. Spendabuck. That's what I was That was one of my favorite horses. I, I was trying to think about. of who it was second. It's in 1984. How old were you in 84? Two. You were two? Yeah. I was 15. So I was 15. I was at those races, though. That was one of the greatest days ever. Was it? Oh, it was awesome. But oh. like Andrew said, and every times always change because now, I mean, people have been comparing like, I'm, you will hate this, but like LeBron to Michael Jordan. Like I saw a thing that Colin Coward said the other day that like, if there was social media when Michael Jordan was playing, he might not have been as loved as he is now, right? Maybe. I mean, with the gambling and all the other kind of stuff, right? But um, anyway, so times have changed in horse racing, and there's just so much more hype around the Breeders' Cup, which is coming up November 2nd and 3rd. At so Church are you going to pick Ransom, or are you going to pick Catalina Cruiser, or are you going to go somewhere else? I, I'll be honest with you. I have not even looked, so I don't even know what they're like running or who what the pace scenario, because Ransom's going to need a pace. Right. So well, Kalen Cruz quick. So if there's pace, he'll be he'll close. be there. But if there's who else not, is he in the race? We don't know yet, right? There. Well, there were like six horses on like the probable six or seven that were good. just because of Mark Martinez and Phil Damato. I love Mark I'm Martinez. Gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ransom to to repeat. Handsome ransom. ransom. All right, we'll do that, guys. Thank you so much for listening to our show. We really, really appreciate it. Michelle is not gonna be here next week, so I am working on a special co-host. We're hoping it will be Joe Harper. <laughs> um. <laughs> We'll see what happens, but uh, really, really appreciate it. Have a great week of racing. Enjoy Travers, Bing Crosby. It's going to be just. No, a, the Pat O'Brien. I'm sorry, the Pat, Pat O'Brien, and uh, and have a great Isn't week. Isn't it right? The Bing Crosby. Yeah, yes, yeah, so it's okay. my bad. Pat O'Brien. Yeah. Have a great week. We we love all you listeners. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu, right here on LA Talk Radio. Midnight Storm, a brilliantly fast grade one winner by Pioneer of the Nile. 
Mike Smith just points him in the right direction. Midnight Storm dominating. Millionaire and seven-time graded stakes winner on dirt and turf. Midnight Storm over accelerators, finding the line well, but not well enough. And Midnight Storm has taken it by two lengths. From America's hottest sire line. Midnight Storm, he wins it this year. Midnight Storm. Standing at TaylorMade Farm.